0: This is a Federal News Network podcast.
1: An enduring challenge for military IT people is getting just the right information securely to people who need it, especially in contested environments. Now, researchers from the Air Force Research Laboratory's Information Directorate think they've got a solution. It's called Robust Information Provisioning Layer, or RIPPLE. Here to explain it, Program Manager Brian Holmes. Mr. Holmes, good to have you with us.
2: Thank you so much, Tom. Good morning. Good morning. I'd just like to start off by thanking you for having me on the show to discuss Ripple and the demonstration of Ripple's capabilities.
1: All right. So tell me what Ripple is designed to do, and then we'll get into how it does it.
2: So Ripple is software that enables different military platforms on different networks, exchanging different types of messages to communicate seamlessly and transparently in contested environments that are characterized by having degraded and denied communication links. So this has been made possible through the development of information dissemination techniques that allow Ripple to provision and prioritize what information goes out over these bandwidth constrained tactical links. And Ripple can also shape the data going out over those links to meet bandwidth constraints. We also combined advances in artificial intelligence and machine learning to aid in disseminating only the most critical information necessary to execute the mission and only disseminating information that's actually been requested by an end user.
1: Right. It limits what goes out where there is limitations on what can go out and somehow finds a way to send what is most relevant to that endpoint. Fair to say?
2: Exactly, Tom. Instead of flooding the network with all of the information that a user might not need, this system ensures that only the most mission-critical information is sent out over these links that have a limited amount of bandwidth. You summarized that perfectly.
1: And give us an example Uh, of the situation where this might apply.
2: So, the Ripple system can be used to overcome the issue of limited and intermittent connectivity experienced in contested environments in order to quickly and efficiently deliver mission critical information to the end user. So, Ripple can also provide unhindered and protected access to content for all of the participants within a particular network through. Security mechanisms that we've baked into the system. So, the whole purpose of Ripple is to support secure tactical level multi domain information distribution and interoperability in support of the Air Force's Combat Cloud Initiative, which is a crucial component of the U.S. Department of Defense's joint all domain command and control. And also the United States Air Force's Advanced Battle Management System, known as ABMS.
1: All right. Well, let me ask you this: How does it happen now, and what does Ripple replace or build on? I mean, how does this information in contested environments? How has it been sent so far?
2: So, really, there's not a solution out there that really exists. So, there's these stovepipe systems with proprietary interfaces and They can't communicate really in the field. We got the motivation to create RIPPLE from several high-level DOD requirement documents. So most importantly, the Air Force's combat cloud vision for information sharing and data distribution at the Tactical edge. So that vision was to have a network that covers the full range of military operations and allows each authorized node platform or user to be able to transparently receive and offer essential and significant information and utilize it within the battle space. So what we did was we took that vision and we determined what would be the key capabilities necessary to turn this combat cloud vision into a reality. So the first thing we determined was that Ripple would need to provide the ability to store, share, and exchange information seamlessly and transparently without a participant within the combat cloud necessarily needing to request it.
1: Sure. We're speaking with Brian Holmes. He's a program manager at the Air Force Research Laboratory. And this cloud vision and the Air Force's idea for its own battle management system Talk about how this can also interoperate with the future components of the other armed forces. their equivalent of the battle management system because together those all make up JADC 2
2: Absolutely. So right now we've worked a little bit with integrating with commercial SATCOM. So one of the things that we actually integrated with for our demonstration was something called Starlink. And Starlink is SpaceX's commercial SATCOM they've come out with. Yep. So we've already started down the path of space domain interoperability through the most recent demonstration that we just executed. Starlink was one of the links that we incorporated for that demo. But for future enhancements, we'd like to continue down the path of supporting JADC2 through the incorporation of, you know, additional data links, networks and waveforms that'll make Ripple interoperable with even more platforms and systems relevant to the DoD. We'd also like to collaborate with the Army and the Navy moving forward to make Ripple more interoperable with surface and sea assets as well.
1: But all of that sounds like we'll require satellites. The cloud would be kind of satellite-based in this case because in contested environments you may not have you know the, the standard commercial clouds available on the ground and then you therefore need to be able to use more than one satellite network because those things can be interrupted also.
2: Absolutely. So the thing is with Ripple is it can take advantage of different links. So it doesn't necessarily have to be a satellite communication system. It can be a terrestrial-based communication system. It could be an aerial-based communication system. And we've integrated with those different types of waveforms previously. So that's the nice thing about Ripple is that it'll take whatever path is available. You can even fine-tune it to take the optimal path based on the lowest latency or based on things such as the lowest observability.
1: Sure. And in the coordination of air support and air forces in a joint operation, clearly information has to get to and from aircraft And so the links between the aircraft and the people on the ground controlling them, that pretty much already exists because you have your own proprietary, I don't know how military aircraft communicate, but some sort of a radio system. So the issue is the information that is outside of that narrow pipeline that informs what it is that the air forces would have to do based on the battle situation.
2: Yeah, and so another component to Ripple is these, information interoperability mechanisms that we've built into the system. So, Ripple can take in messages of different types that might not be native to you know, an aircraft platform. It can convert those messages into a common format and then disseminate those messages in that common format so that the messages can be ingested and understood by all the different platforms and systems within the network.
1: Now, will deployment of this type of system, this multi-network interoperable type of system, require operators of every platform to buy 54 new antennas?
2: Well, no. So basically, it would require every platform to have the Ripple software installed on it. So one of the nice things about the software is that it's government-owned. So any government agencies out there that are interested in taking advantage of these capabilities, they can do so free of charge and leverage the investment that's already been made by the Air Force Research Lab. And then Ripple would use whatever links are already on the platforms. It would use whatever radios are already on the platforms, if that makes sense.
1: Sure. So the Army could then adapt it, for example, to its own use using the basic software you've developed. Exactly almost like an intergovernmental open-source platform. And by the way, what did you code it in? What language?
2: So there's portions of it that are in Java, and then there's other portions of it that are in C++.
1: Yeah, so pretty much there's a good uh, base of contractors, I guess, and uniform members and civilian employees that would be able to understand what they're looking at.
2: Correct. We worked extensively with Raytheon BBN on the Ripple software. So on the government side, we kind of determined... What were the capabilities that we would need to develop? We examined kind of where the gaps and the shortfalls existed in current technologies, and we've worked with Raytheon VVN uh, to execute that plan and develop the Ripple prototype over the course of approximately the last three years.
1: And what comes next? It's in the labs. How does it become operationalized?
2: So right now... AFRL is working with BBN and the Air Force Lifecycle Management Center, in particular the Aerial Networks Division, to integrate Ripple into something called the Common Tactical Edge Network or C TEN. And C TEN is charged with the mission of developing aerial networking capabilities in support of ABMS, and also in support of the DOD's JADC-2 program. So that's kind of what's next on the horizon for the technology and what's being done currently to integrate it into an actual system.
1: Brian Holmes is Program Manager at the Air Force Research Laboratory. Thanks so much for joining me.
2: Thank you very much, Tom. It's been a pleasure.
1: And we'll post this interview along with a link to more information at federalnewsnetwork.com slash Federal Drive. Hear the Federal Drive on demand. Subscribe at Apple Podcasts or wherever you get your shows.
0: Leadership today, especially within the federal workforce, is being tested more than ever before. Sean Ferguson, Senior Vice President of Government Relations and Chief of Staff to the Office of the Chairman at the Special Olympics, joins host Shane Canfield, CEO of WEPA, to discuss the importance of leadership, inclusion, and community building. To learn more about how you can get involved with the Special Olympics in your community, visit specialolympics.org slash get dash involved. Hello, and welcome to the Lessons in Leadership podcast. What are some of the biggest... Lessons that you've learned working with that community. Oh, uh, yeah, almost. Uh, Shane, it's almost immeasurable. The things I've learned since I've been with Special Olympics. I, uh, one of the things that drew me to Special Olympics uh, when I made the move over from from the NFL. And so I, I knew that I knew that work a bit, you know, they they basically were in direct care and, and I will say and on a obviously will say about my, my family, my mother, and my aunt, my grandmother, they're saints, uh, but uh, the, the men and women that do take care of people with uh, profound disabilities are, are really, um, you know, we, we can't do enough to salute them. I, I Tim Triver, my boss, the chairman, uh, says all the time, and I couldn't agree with him more. Uh, we get more than we give uh, working in the Special Olympics, and you know, we, and thank you for your very kind words about the work I do and we do. But but we're the lucky ones. We, those of us that work here are the lucky ones because we I. And you see it at these unified sports events where people with and without are playing together. We still have traditional uh, teams where it's all people with intellectual disabilities competing with other uh, teams, all of intellectual disabilities. But this model of inclusive sports and inclusive leadership programs and whatnot, I think is truly revolutionizing and changing the way people see uh, others with intellectual disabilities. That's just like, I mean, that's what we, that's what we're trying to do. We're trying to bring people together and bridge difference and, and and celebrate differences and that our athletes, man, are some of the grittiest people that you will meet and, and uh and there's a lot to learn talk to you next time on the Lessons in Leadership podcast. The Angie's List You Know and Trust is now Angie, and we're so much more than just a list.